All right, welcome to episode five. Uh, part, biblical ramblings. Part two of friendship. <laughs> Are we still doing part two? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, figure we both got plenty to say on friendship. Friendship part two. <laughs> Just keep that going this week. Yeah. Um, I did actually listen to the podcast on Sunday, <clears> and <throat> excuse me, there was one thing you said I'll bring up because when we're talking. I didn't realize it. I mean, I thought about it, and we obviously discussed things. But when I listened to it, mm-hmm. I heard you say it, and I was like, that's not even possible. Like, it's impossible to have a relationship that way. And so I'll get into that. But there's also some stuff. Um, First of all, nothing's impossible <clears throat> through Jesus. So <laughs> I said that okay. was a really thick Mexican exit. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> First of all, all things are possible. <laughs> fair. But fair. yeah, go, fair. go ahead. Oh. And then I did have a talk with a couple friends that did reiterate the, I had mentioned maybe the whole people like canceling plans all the time, Mm. saying I'm busy, maybe next time I'm busy, maybe next time. I did have a conversation with some friends where that is the case. That is what they wanted somebody to do. So I figured I'd go over that too. But um, did you want me to start? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. ahead. Okay, so the thing I heard you say that I'm just, when I heard it, I'm like, that's physically impossible for a healthy relationship. The thing that you said was, um, uh, okay, I don't remember the exact wording. Basically, you had said you grew up in the way where loving someone you gave more than you received. And when I, yeah, something along those lines. You give more than you get. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I thought, which makes sense about <clears throat> the way we've both showed our dedication right. to people, and you hear it all the time. Love means getting more than what you're given in return. Like you think about it, what is love means? It means showing love regardless of what you get in return. Mm -hmm. But when you said it, it, when I heard you say it, it instantly clicked in my mind. If both people are giving more than they receive, that's literally impossible. So if the idea is that both people are supposed to be equal partners and yet both people are supposed to give more than they receive, how does that work? Do you think maybe, and I'm calling myself out, clearly I didn't listen to the podcast because I should. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. <clears throat> yeah, but I need to remember what I talked about. Because I think what, what I was trying to say is that if you have a relationship with someone where that is your mentality, I don't, it, it's, it's, it's funny, maybe this is just a saying that I was trying to say, and you're taking it too literal. <laughs> but what I what I meant was like if I come into a relationship being like my base default, my mindset is I'm gonna give love even when it's hard for me to give love to that person. Okay. So I'm gonna give more and ask for less. But if that person comes in with that same mentality, I'll never really have that less because they have the same mentality to give. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I've been in relationships where I come with that mindset, but their mindset is, yeah, I like what I'm getting. Why should I have to give back? So their mindset is not, I'm going to give more than I get back. Their mindset Mm -hmm. is, I'm going to get what I deserve, and then we'll see whatever's left over for Jay. Yeah. I've had friendships. I've had relationships like that. But if they had that same mindset as me, one, I would never feel like I'm giving too much. It's more of a saying of, if that is your mindset to sacrifice to be there to put your best effort and the other person's is the same you're never going to feel needy it's like it's like the word submissive in the bible 
Yeah. People, I mean, women get so overworked over the word submissive. Right? I've had so many people tell me I hate that word. And we've talked about it too a little bit. <clears throat> because it sounds demeaning. But then you read a little bit more and it's like, men, you should die for your wives. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to die. <laughs> you think that's fair for me? Like, yeah. I don't want to, you know? Well, some days I do, but <laughs> joking aside, uh, I, you know what I mean? It's like if you if you have a submissive mindset and I have a submissive mindset to you, you're never going to feel like I'm doing more for the other person. Yeah. But it, it's the mindset of of coming in that way. That's that's just the way I kind of grew up. Like my mom, my mom instilled that in me. And it's not I understand that it's not healthy all the time. It's literally not. Mm -hmm. But when you have that mindset of, hey, I'm going to I'm going to take care of you when you're sick. And the other person's like, yeah, because I would do the same for you. You're never going to feel like, hey, I'm getting the short end of the straw or yeah. the stick. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of what I was trying to – maybe I didn't say it right or maybe I was not saying it right. But what do you think about that? If those two people have that mindset, does it create a toxic relationship or does it create a healthy one? I – well, that's what I was going to get at was that any relationship, friends, family, a loved one, anybody – it has to be fairly equal. So if you're both coming out and with the same strong mindset, then yeah, that that's healthy. Um, for the most part, like if you're overly willing to sacrifice, maybe that can get unhealthy. But yes, both parts should again, family, friends, a romantic relationship, anything. Coworkers, coworkers have a certain relationship level as well. If you give too much for that and the other person doesn't, you're getting used at work. Mm -hmm. Like, so, yeah, the only thing I'm still questioning, I guess not questioning, but again, when you started that, you were like, I really should maybe take notes or something because I don't remember exactly what when you said. We need to like do like a director's but, cut while we're listening <laughs> and commentating on it. Um, <clears throat> you had said you give more than you're expecting, I think is what you said, or something similar to that. Yes. If you go in with that, that last part is where I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. Because if you're expecting, if you're going in with more than you're expecting, that means you're already giving the other person the leeway to not do that same level. And that's where, that's where I'm a little, what's the right term here? A little anarchist in the way I think in terms of that, where I go, this is, this is tough because I know what you're going to say, but it's. And we've talked about this. It's like, where's that person's responsibility mm -hmm. to give that back to? Like, I don't, I don't imagine if I imagine if you you became friends with someone and they're like, hey, I'm only going to respect you as much as you respect me. Yeah. Now, that sounds fine. But isn't that isn't that weird to you? Like, isn't that like, why do I have? I don't I don't understand if I go up to a girl or my girlfriend, I'm going, I'm only going to love you as much as you love me back. Mm hmm. Nobody's gonna like that. I don't know why people no, pretend that that's I think that's, that's because fine. we don't say it. We we show in actions, but we don't say but that's it. That's the pro that's that's where my mind goes. That's the problem. Yeah. Because we're doing that. There are people who do that, but they don't say it. Mm -hmm. And so then you have problems where they're like, "Hey, why am I not receiving this? Why am I?" It's like because they never told you their mental their their way of thinking, their mentality. Mm -hmm. But my my family, at least, or the way I grew up, always taught me. And and my dad's a little bit more like how you're thinking, which is funny because I have both sides. My dad is like, 
I will do as much as this, but once you cross that line, you never hear from me again. My dad is very notorious for that. So my dad will help someone like he's a pool cleaner. So he'll clean your pool for free if he sees that you're in need or something for a month. And in that month, and maybe this is where I get it, he kind of tests the waters, no pun intended, <laughs> but he'll test the water. So he was cleaning a, a church member's pool for free. Never offered him water in the heat. I'm talking about 120 degrees. Never came out to talk to him. Every time he went, they were just inside for free. After a month, he told him, hey, your pool is clean. I can recommend you someone, but I'm not I'm not going to be able to help you anymore. Yeah. And he complained to me about like that was so messed up. They would almost like hide from me every time I came over. We went to church with them and blah, blah. They were low-key a little racist, not going to lie. I know them, and they were low-key a little weird you know yeah. no water nothing nothing no didn't even talk to him and that's kind of where my dad goes i'll help you because this is what jesus would do but after a while i'm like hey i gotta put boundaries yeah i don't know what that is <laughs> Clearly. Uh, um, i don't think either of us does fully and my mom is very much i will cook for you i will do what i need to do even if i'm mad at you yeah you know what I mean? And so it's it was weird growing up in that those two environments because I'm like, seems like my mom's nicer and my dad can explode when he's taking advantage of him. I'm like, but that does make sense. But also, and then Jesus, and I'm like, I need a, uh, you know? <laughs> what do you actually do? Yeah, what do I do? What would Jehu do? You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's tough, but I, I've, I've always said if, because here we are both sitting in the in the car and You've been there for me many times, like ever since I, you know we we touched base again and we started talking and hanging yeah. out and stuff, and we've had our problems. You've been there for me. You've checked up on me. Based on the logic, it sounds weird for me to just be like, okay, well, Morrison, you're depressed one day. You're drinking. Uh, you're you need to get out. I'm just gonna be like, hey, I don't have, hey, I don't feel like it. Yeah, that sounds that sounds messed up. I don't know you anything, Morrison. Like. That doesn't sound right to me. It doesn't. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. this is what I fight against. I guess you could say the world and not in the world of like, oh, I'm Christian in the world. No, but I'm saying like people in general, when they go like, yeah, nobody owes you anything. I'm like, I get it. But then why help anybody? Why do anything? Why should I help a homeless person? I don't have a responsibility for that. Yeah. I think you do that because you choose to. Like, for instance... As a Christian, as a follower of Christ, rather, um, we are called. Christ has called us to certain actions. If we want, if we choose to follow Him, then we must also choose to have certain behaviors, mm -hmm. like helping other people. And I think that's part of our problem: is that we choose to help people all the time. We choose to trust them, but I think we mentioned it in the last podcast, maybe. We are also not Jesus. Therefore, we only have so much we can do. Yeah. So if you, should you help a homeless person? Yes. I mean, we had the one that came to us a few weeks ago and I went and got him Subway. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. That's right. Like, I remember. That wasn't a problem. Can I get Subway for 50 homeless people? No. I, ha I have a limit. Like, I can only do so much. Mm -hmm. Am I less Christ-like because I only feed one homeless person rather than 50 homeless people? No, I do what I can within my means. 
Yeah. Like, so I think that's the same when it comes to people coming to us for help. And I think that's the thing is that something I'm starting to distinguish, someone who comes to me for help is not necessarily a friend. Just because I help people doesn't make that person a friend. Doesn't mean I can expect the same help in return. Like, And that, that's, that's what I struggle with because when I talk about these experiences that I've had, it's not, you know, hey, I went to camp and met someone and a day later I'm asking them to be there for me. Yeah. I'm talking about people that I've built relationships with. I'm talking about yeah. years. You know what I mean? And so I, I, I don't blame you. Like you, you make logical sense, but I've had other people tell me the same, like, hey, the dreaded phrase that I hate, you got to curb your expectations. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but you know, if, uh-huh. if you're, if your mom or if a family member, let's say you were a, a, your mom, you, it was your best friend, right? Your mom's your best friend or your dad's your best friend, whatever. And everything's fine. You get along and you're like, hey, dad, you know, I just got into a car accident. You know, can you come pick me up? Hey, man, I don't really want to talk to you anymore. You would be surprised. You'd be weirded out. I mean, <laughs> oh, Jay, you have a healthy relationship with your parents. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just thinking about it because my, my. Do I have any friends with healthy relationships with their parents? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I mean, I don't even, I didn't even know my mm. real dad. I didn't get to. He didn't contact me basically until he was on his deathbed with cancer. Um, and my stepdad, like, you know what? He was an a-hole. He sold me my first car. It didn't even have reverse. <laughs> if I wanted to reverse, I had to get out and push it. He didn't want you to look back, like, man. He just move forward. <laughs> but at the same time, when I did get in an accident, he did come pick me up and had my car towed and whatnot. So... I want to say yes. It would surprise me if he didn't come and get me when I needed my car. And that, you know, and you can put that towards, I don't know, people listening. You know, your wife, your girlfriend, your 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 friend, your best friend, friend that you've known for ten years, or or your family member, your cousin, whoever, someone that you're really close to. If all of a sudden they switched up, and somebody came up to you and said, "Well, why did what did you expect?" You know, people are it'd be weird. It'd be like so. Then how do you build a relationship with anybody at that point? I think there is a certain foundation at, or a certain point where you should <laughs> expect something from somebody. Not necessarily that they're required, because that's been a hard lesson I've learned. But it is literally, and what I mean by required is if somebody betrays you someday, like just decides they're going to spread your secrets around, or they're not going to pay you back the money they owe you, or anything mm-hmm. like that, unless you've gotten it. And some form of legal writing that they have to pay you back or something. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. There's no punishment for suddenly stop being a bad or a good friend. Like, there's no punishment for one day they're like, you know what, I don't want to deal with you. Or, hey, you've given me 50 rides and you know what, you asked for one ride, so I'm not, I'm not going to deal with you anymore. There's no punishment for that. So that's what I mean when I say no one's required to do anything. Should they do it? Yeah. And that's where it's, my brain goes, but there should be. <laughs> <laughs> there should be punishments for a lot of things. You know what I mean? It just isn't. Yeah, it's I get it. It's hard. So, it's mean, a hard thing. Maybe that's part of our problem too. Again, with the 
I don't think either of us ever really set up healthy boundaries in the first place. So it was easy for a friendship, what we considered a friendship, to get to this place you're talking Mm -hmm. about. Like, I've known you for three years. I've done this and this and this for you. But, I mean, if if I think back on relationships I had like that and really think about it, yeah, I did this and this and this for them. But what did they ever do back in that time? But that's the like, that's the problem. That's the root of the problem. I'll, I'll say this: I've had friends reach out to me and say, and I'm not even I'm including myself in that, and have said, "Why haven't you answered your phone lately? Mm-hmm. I, I needed you." Yeah. And I've been there for you when there's a breakup. I've been there for you when there's a thing. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. You're a hundred percent right. I'm sorry that I've been a crappy friend. Let me. It, I've I've been busy in my mind. I've been busy with work. Blah blah. But I never snap at them. I never go, yeah. well, then, you know, if you don't want to be my, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. They're calling me out on something that I did wrong. Well, I guess. And you can say it's not required. And we can, I mean, we can go around in circles. I, well, required and expected are two different things. There's, I, I like to call it social contracts. Every friendship, every interaction, any <clears throat> kind of human interaction has some form of unwritten social contract with it. Like you just you're expected to do your coworkers. There's an unwritten expectation that you will both do your work. Like friends, there's a certain level of expectation with talking every so often, doing certain activities. Right. Like there are expectations, but there are no requirements. So I would what I would ask is when those friends are reaching out to you are they necessarily criticizing you or are they concerned concerned because you're not doing what you would normally do? No, because it could be years where I, I don't reach out. And when they do need me, there's a certain friend that I have that I've kind of let her down a couple times. And she's told me, she's like, hey, you know, you call me when you're when you're broken up and, you know, something happens in your life. And then... Um, Whenever I call you, because I've been in a situation where I can't answer my phone mm-hmm. or I'm too hyper-focused on someone that I don't answer the phone and then I forget to call her back because work, life, something happened. You know? yeah. And she'll tell me, she's like, she's like, I, I stopped reaching out because you don't, you don't reach out to me at all. And I, I've, hand to God, I've always said, you're right. I've been a crappy friend. I need to refocus some energy into you because you poured into me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what people uh, people have told me that's weird. People have told me it's abnormal. I, but I'm like, it, it makes sense in my brain to be like, yeah, you were there for me 50 times. I should be able to be there for you 10. Yeah. And and expectations and requ- I get I get that there's no requirements, but you know if we're gonna go around signing social contracts on, we're gonna be friends and we have we have allocated 10 visits, right? It's weird. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? And just because something's not required and that person's not there for you doesn't mean it's right. No, I'm not saying it's right. Not at all. But um, something you said there that would make me question is you said, like, you were talking about it and you're like, I stopped reaching out because you haven't been doing this. Well, that stopped reaching the fact that they stopped reaching out. That's a boundary. That's one of those things we were talking about. Like she didn't come to you and immediately be like, yo, you're an a-hole because you haven't called contacted me lately. We, we can't be friends anymore. 
She just stopped reaching out. But she's also called me to tell me, hey, you missed my birthday? You yeah. didn't even wish me happy birthday, and that's messed up. Yes. But hey. it wasn't it wasn't a call-out like something I would do where it's like, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. That's no, no, no. We're no. Done. Yeah, that, I, I don't like that. I've never mm-hmm. been like, hey, you're not you're 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 missing the boat on this or you're missing the mark. I never want to see you again. Mm-hmm. I think I've only started doing that once with one person that I will not mention. <laughs> I've only done it once and they don't even know that I've done it, but it's only been with one person. And this is where it's tricky for me because I recently did this to the person. They haven't reached out because we don't really talk uh, as much. But I'm like, is this a boundary? Is, is this boundary saying, hey, I'm unfollowing you, I'm unfriending you, I'm doing this, and, and I don't really want to talk to you. But if they reach out to me, I'm not going to ignore them. I'm just going to be like, hey, what's up? But I'm not going to actively follow them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I have never, even when people have let me down, I have never been like, I never want to see you again. Mm-hmm. I never want to talk to you again. Even when I'm telling them, hey, you weren't there for me, my, my goal is never to be like, so now we cut communication off. It's always like, so how do we fix it? Mm-hmm. But you're saying other people, when you tell them they weren't there like for Like this. Cut me uh, off. I don't know. It's too much responsibility, apparently. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, how do you tell... Again, I, I don't know. I feel like setting boundaries is oftentimes more unspoken than it is spoken. Like, there are absolutely some boundaries that are spoken. It's, you have to tell the person, I am not cool with this. You need to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And that is a spoken boundary. And they either respect that or they don't. But I think there are unspoken boundaries as well. Um, for instance, the person who stopped reaching out, but then told you when the birthday came around, hey, you missed my birthday. Like, I... I feel like most people would have a hard time being upset at that because missing a birthday is something so obvious that you either just casually stop talking to the person or if you want to remain friends, you would have to reach out to them. Like, hey, what's what's going on? Why have you not been talking to me? Like, <clears throat> and let me paint a picture for you. This is someone that has been friends with me since high school, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen her physically maybe 12 years. Okay. But to her, I know this is weird, and she tells me she's like, I know it's weird, but it's very important that you that you call me because like you're like one of my best friends. It's like it's very important that you call me. Now, the world tells me I should have been like, stop being a drama queen. <laughs> I don't need to care about your. Bro-. You know what I did? What I said, hey Google, can you set up an alert for June twenty? 20- I don't understand why that's hard. Well. That's the thing. For that, I don't know. I think most healthy people would be like, yeah, no, you're, yeah, sorry, I haven't reached out, yada, yada, for whatever reason. I think most healthy people would say that. And I think, isn't it a little weird for normal people? Maybe. But I think. But it's not about me. If you're good friends. No, I meant the whole her wanting you to call her. But that's what I mean. It's it's about her. Yeah. If, if you're good friends and you had, like, part of that friendship, again, every relationship's different. For some people, verbal communication is very important. Me, not so much. If we're not talking in person, I don't really want to talk to you on the phone. Crap. That reminds me. I need to call somebody back. Dang it. 
Uh, what a crappy uh, friend you are, Morse. <laughs> sometimes, yes. No, in this case, yes. It's been like two weeks. Oh, man. See, I'm the one that they got to set boundaries yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I got to call this person back. I told them I would. Um, but anyways, yes, that my point was maybe if, if we ever start editing, that would be something that we edit out. <laughs> but uh, sorry about that. No, you raw. Um, we don't edit. <clears throat> something I was going to say is that I don't talk on the phone. I just, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Like, I don't have a large part of communication for me is picking up people's body language. Like body language says a lot to me that just simple talking over a phone will not tell you like, so it's for me talking over the phone is pretty much, you no. Know, if you're a type of friend that needs somebody to talk over the phone with you, we're probably not going to be friends, not because I'm vindictive or anything, or yeah. I don't know if vindictive is the right word, but I just don't know if I can provide that for right. you. But there are people where, communication on a regular basis is important for a relationship. And again, when I use the word relationship, every human interaction is basically a relationship. I'm talking about friend, coworker, family, whatever. There are some families that have to get on the phone with each other all the time. Mm -hmm. Like they can't stand not being on the phone with Mm -hmm. each other. There are other families talk to each other like twice a year for birthdays. My mom and my dad. (laughs) Literally that's how they are. (laughs) Oh, and so I, I don't necessarily think that's weird for your friend to say, hey, you need to call me on a regular basis. That just means to me that she values your friendship yeah. and that that is a form of her friendship is the communication like that. And again, I don't think I don't have all the I don't have the answers. Like like we said in the last episode, we're trying to figure this stuff out. Right. This is just my thought pattern. I don't know if people are listening and they want to tell us what they think. Go ahead in the comments. Because I would love to know. But I don't think your friend, both things, I don't think her dissing or lessening the frequency of how often she reaches out or telling you, hey, you've been distanced, you missed my birthday, yada, yada, was weird. I personally don't think that was weird. I feel like most people wouldn't feel that was weird if the context between you two is appropriate to that. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like, cause I feel like there's other people I would call or who haven't messaged me about my birthday or anything else, which again, is not a big thing for me either. So that's another, like everybody's different, but I feel like there are people that if I were to call them up and say, Hey, you haven't been talking with me. You haven't been doing this. That would be very weird for, because I believe they've sent me the message through the subtext. If that makes sense. Like, and so that's why I'm, I'm thinking, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> some people, that may be very much be the case. If you told them that, they'd get upset at what you with that. But again, I think that's us not setting boundaries in the first place and maybe not recognizing other people's actions for what they are. But can we admit that at least it's – it's like when people go, like, well, you should have read between the lines. It's like, okay, communication is important, guys. Mm-hmm. But also, it's not. Yeah. But also, you just read between the lines. It's but also, very, why very did you annoying. assume? Yeah. It's like, you know, pick a, pick a lane, you know? And that's that's kind of where, like, communication is big for me. And sometimes when I'm too honest or too blunt, or mm-hmm. I shouldn't be blunt. I should be honest. But when I say things, when I'm like, hey, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you? People are like, you don't say that. 
Well, yeah. I didn't. I haven't said a. I haven't said some things that would hurt your feelings. Like, well, why? Why are you keeping it in? Because <laughs> that's what people do. You know, and, and know. there's all different types of people. I guess is the only answer to that. Yeah. I mean, there's no one set rule. Or I tell people all the time, whatever your thought is, whatever you have. If I upset you, if you're happy with me, if you're whatever, I don't care. Tell me straight up. Because I do not read between the lines. But he, I do not understand the context. So just tell me. And I'm not going to be upset. 100%. 100%. Well, you could feel something if they tell you something. Yeah. But but I think honesty is uh, is very important. No matter if it hurts that person's feelings. Like, I've had, I've had someone tell me, hey, I'm no longer attracted to you. Mm-hmm. Straight to my face. Because you're you're getting a little big, like no joke. I've had someone say that to me, um, and that hurt my feelings. But I'm like, but I needed to know why you were acting the way you were acting. Yeah. If I didn't know that you weren't attracted to me because of that, then we're simply living a lie in a relationship. What yeah. would be the point of that? But the thing is, I think most people don't want to know that. I don't I think I don't, most people would be offended if you told them, "Hey, you're you're getting big." So, I'm but I got offended. But I didn't say but, I was like I got offended. But but what's the alternative? You keeping that from me, looking at me, mm-hmm. growing resentment, being like, "Oh, I don't like this person." But how do I? I'm like, what's the point of that? Well, I think most people would say you don't necessarily have to tell them that. I think most people would be like, "Well, I'm just going to end the relationship." But they don't do that. Well, based on my experience. <laughs> that, <laughs> But I, let me rephrase that. That's what people would say you should, should do. do. If you're not, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. We obviously have a lot of experiences. It's hard to... We have very different experiences judges. too sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Um, the thing that I was going to say, it's one of the things that's very difficult for me is you just said, tell me if I'm bothering you. Or what did you say? If I'm bothering you, if, if you're, you're upset happy, me. if you're upset, right. whatever. Whatever you're towards me, tell me. Okay. So this has been my experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, tell me any, you know, you're, you're saying that, but I don't tell you something, mm-hmm. right? And then later on, you're like, why is Jehu not answering my calls? Why is Jehu not talking to me? Or why is he like every time I message him, he's short answered? Or why is he saying F you to me? Why is he yeah. mad at me? I don't tell you. I never tell you, right? Yeah. Then you get upset at me because you're like, what the hell, man? Like. You're not there. Like, what's mm-hmm. going on? Like, what what happened, right? Well, you're the one with the problem, Morrison. You need to go to therapy for that. Why are you so blah, blah, It's like, what do you mean? I'm the one that's like, hey, talk to me. So yeah. in my experience, it's always been, Jehu, there's something wrong with you. Instead of, hey, no, I'm not doing this. And, that, yeah. and I don't want to make it about my relationships. But I've had even friends that are like that, where it's mm-hmm. like, wait, well, am I the crazy one? I would say that's where you need that's a boundary you need to set up. Because that is there are certain types of people that are like that. Um people will be quick to jump and call it a narcissist, um, which it's definitely a trait of one. I don't necessarily if that makes everybody one. Right. But yeah, that's a tactic that people use. And if that's what someone's doing, instead of trying to fix your relationship, if they're if you point that out and they do not if you If you point out that you're behaving this way because they are not responding to you, they are not engaging with you, they are not talking to you, and they try and put that blame back on you, okay, we're done. 
That's my boundary. Yeah. It's so weird, dude. Yeah. It's like a cheater being like, well, why don't, why don't you trust me? What do you mean? <laughs> That's, one plus one is again, two, man. <laughs> see, you say that, and that one seems obvious to us. Like, somebody cheated on you. Yeah, you're done. Like, that's a boundary. But yet, when we come to relationships, it's like people do that to us, and then we'll forgive them, and we go back, and then they do it again. And it's like, but we're friends. Why are you doing this? And yet, we're like, but we're friends, so I'm just gonna, I'm supposed to love you. Yeah. No matter what, yada, yada. Uh, relationships, friendships, both of them. Um, why is it so easy to tell someone else if they're in a relationship where somebody's cheating on them? Look, you're done. You need to cut that off. But then when it comes to us and it's a friendship and somebody essentially keeps not meeting that expectation or keeps... I guess for lack of a better phrase, just saying not meeting that expectation, they keep failing. And yet we keep allowing them to. We'll continue to be our full selves to them instead of, and I mean like full is in like complete. We don't restrict any access to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Not full as in we're idiots. Um, we let them have our full friendship, even though they've proven time and time again that they will just take advantage of it. And so that's us not setting up those boundaries. For me, it's hope. For me, it's my, my hope that gets me in trouble a lot. For me, it's, it's um, I know my own struggles that I've had. And I do compare it a lot to my relationship with Jesus, where it's like, I know where my struggles are at, but mm -hmm. I always come back. You know yeah. what I mean? So I'm always like, if this is going to be a lifelong thing for humans to, to suffer through, why should I give up on this person? You know, but it I, I go on a therapy... And I, I've been to one therapy session, but <laughs> hey, my next one's coming up. <laughs> Going through a therapy on YouTube, <laughs> I've learned that like you're you're um, it's not it's dawning on me that there are times where I need to pull back a little bit. I will say that I didn't know how exhausted I was until I let go of some relationships. Yeah. Um, I sat down with myself and I'm like, oh, I didn't know I was walking on eggshells i didn't know i was mm -hmm. stressed out about this i didn't know how negative i had become because of this i didn't know do you know what i mean yeah and, no that's what i was trying to get at last week yeah and oh, it, well two weeks ago but the thing for me is i don't feel it until it's not there because mm -hmm. in my mind i'm battling for their self-worth or or i don't know man and that again comes back to that I know you said that's not exactly what you meant, but it comes back to that phrase of you give more than you receive. And it's this idea, I think strongly with you, but also very much so with me, that you sacrifice for the people you care about. And I think that's so ingrained in what we think caring about somebody is. Absolutely. That it doesn't matter how exhausted we get, we tend to let these people continue to drain us. And that's... I will say that something I've been learning over the last two years that has helped a lot is when to say no. When to be like, okay, um, I'm feeling really like this is a bit much for me now. And it's weird because my point, I guess part of the reason I'm discussing like what is a friend, how do we do this, is because I feel like my point where I should say no is still so much further than everyone else's point of where they should say no because like people look what i do and they're like 
that's insane. Like, nobody does that. Okay, I'll give you an example. Um, two Sundays ago, I had a guest that was decided they wanted to go to church last minute. Mm-hmm. Well, I volunteer in both services. I live fairly far from the church. If there's no traffic, I can make it in like 35 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. 30, 35 minutes. Right. If there's any traffic at all, it's like at least an yeah. hour drive. And so I got to church, and we were in our little morning meeting, huddle, whatever you want to call it, for what we're going to do for the day. And during that, I told them, hey, I have an unexpected guest here. I do have to drive them back home after the first service, but I'm going to come back. I'm just letting you know because if there's any traffic at all, I may not make it back for the beginning of the service. Right. Um, I should be here because there's usually no traffic on Sundays, but just in case, you know where I am. Um, and Immediately, the response was, their response was like almost, almost like shock, I guess you would say. Like, they were telling me, that's that's awesome that you're willing to do that. Like, not a lot of people would be willing to go do that driving and to come. It's great that you're not letting that affect your service. Not a lot of people would do that. And it caught me off guard because I'm like, why would anybody not do this? Thank you, Morrison. Bless your heart. <laughs> that is literally my whole argument in a nutshell. Why are we making it? Why are we normalizing the fact that we're not helping? That it's so shocking that we do these things for people. Well, see, you just used the phrase right there, normalizing. Maybe they're not normalizing it. Maybe that is normal. Maybe the to average person. Yeah, but maybe the average person isn't capable of that. Maybe that would be too stressful for them. You know what I mean? That's why... Well, we need to force them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, very... That's, you. that's our toxic drink. <laughs> yeah. You must come to my level. Punish them. <laughs> Lord, just punish them. <laughs> I should shut up. <laughs> it's... I do... That's why I say I think that's part of our problem is we don't understand. I think inherently... My level of commitment, what I think is normal commitment, is a lot further than the average person's. Mm-hmm. So now what I'm having to figure out, and again, part of the discussion, is my willingness to drive back and forth. Was that just because I've always been that dedicated to everybody? I overcommit to everybody? Because don't get me wrong, that is going out of my way. It is a little exhausting to have to go there and rush back, yada, yada. And they wanted me to do it this last Sunday, too. And I was like, okay, I'll take you this Sunday. But after that, like, you know the way. You 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 know how to get there. You are able to drive. It's not like you can't drive. Like, th- this is your su- last Sunday. I'll do this because you need to be able to do this yourself. Like, this can't be an yeah. e- everything for the rest of our life type thing. So. And I that's mean, what your boundary is, where you're like, hey, you yeah. need to figure it out after. But that's my question I'm trying to figure out. Like, I don't, one, I think that's a big improvement from what I used to be. Right. I don't think that would have been a boundary for me. I would have kept doing it until I was burnt out. Hmm. Um, but two, now that I have that boundary, is that a healthy boundary or am I still letting people go too that, far? That, okay. That, that's where I'm struggling at right now is I think I understand what boundaries are, especially with the one person I dealt with where I had to set a lot of boundaries and they were saying things like, I feel like I can't be myself. Mm-hmm. And someone told me because that was confusing me. I'm like, don't stop being yourself. I like who you are. That's why I want you like, that's why you're a friend to me. But right. I'm telling you, these certain actions are not 
they cannot happen because otherwise we can't be friends. And then I had another friend tell me, well, of course they feel like they can't be themselves because you've let them do this for the last six months. So that is them being themselves. And I was like, well, crap. I never thought about that. Yeah, but so, so, you, ha- like, so you have to see. But again, the responsibility falls on you. And yeah. I don't, but I don't agree with that. Well, I mean, how would they know it was a boundary no, no, or no. something they shouldn't do? But if it's an ever-changing, would you say that friendships are ever-changing? They grow. They, I they, think so. They mature. So you bringing that up to them, because here's, here's my experience. You bring that up to them. Hey, you can't. Hey, don't say that word around me. Oh, well, now I can't be myself around you? Well, then mm-hmm. I don't want to be your friend. Well, and it came very close to that. We that's, almost stopped being friends. So weird, dude. Well, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and I, think, I think a lot of people will shrug at that. Because that's like, that's all I've known my whole life. Yeah. Like, that's weird to me. Well, I will say, too, in this particular scenario, I don't think this person realized that it was a direct correlation between not being able to do what they were saying and how they felt like they couldn't be themselves anymore. Because the whole not being themselves anymore thing had been something they'd said several times. Mm. And it wasn't just a one-to-one correlation. Right. But it was those actions... And I didn't even realize that that's basically what she was saying. It took another person to point out to me because I was thinking, no, be yourself. That's my whole point. Be yourself. Just don't do this one thing. But I was taking it as I don't see that being themselves because they don't do that with everybody else. Everybody else already had that boundary. Right. But because I hadn't, that this other person pointed out to me that with everybody else, she was still herself. But because they had been able to do certain things around me that I had tolerated because I I had tolerated them because, again, I care about people. And I was like, they're having a hard time. I'm going like I'm just letting them deal with this. Um, I let it slide because I know it's been a really rough day for them, yada, yada, yada. Right. And when I finally said, look, no, this is not good. Well, neither they nor I had realized that that was now considered their normal self around me. That would not be their normal self around everybody else, but around me, that was their normal activity. And so it took another person to point out to me, well, dude, you did tell them to stop being their normal self. Like, because that's how they normally behave around you. And I was like, well, crap, I'd never considered that before. It makes sense to me. I get it. It did almost end our friendship. It did. But that, I, that's it, that's what I hate. That it almost ended. Why? If if these other people have that boundary with that person, right? Because I don't think it was an inherently, like I said, I didn't even realize it at first. But all I thought was, okay, so I want you to stop disrespecting me. And that's going to end our friendship. But once I realized it was more like, I guess... Similar to something we talked about earlier, maybe I have to stop thinking everybody understands what they're doing. Like, because how I originally thought that Mm. before I talked to the other person was I never once asked you to stop being yourself. I asked you to stop disrespecting me in this way. And like, in my mind, it's like, it's obvious you know what you're doing. You're not doing that with anybody else. You're not like, it's, so that's your normal. But then again, when it comes to feeling, people act completely different. And that, that's like, where I think a little bit of uh, maybe emotional maturity. Because maybe. Now, now look at it from the point of view of the other person, right? If 
if I greet my friends by punching them in the shoulder and I and they're like, hey, you need to stop doing that. Right. And then I come to you and that's how we start our relationship. You never say anything, but I keep punching you. And all yeah. of a sudden you're like, hey, listen, I have a bruise on my arm. Please don't punch me anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like, well, now I can't be myself around you, Morrison. It would be like, listen, hold on. I would I would be like, hold on. If my friend Raul and John Smith and Morrison don't want me to punch them, maybe this is a problem that I have. Why am I punching people in the arm? Well, I would assume in that scenario that you would have multiple friends that do do that in response to each other. Like, I mean... Well, didn't this other person have that boundary with other people, but just not with you? Yes. So if... But in that extreme, it's like actually physically hitting someone. So maybe that's not the perfect example. No, but I'm just saying if it's but a yeah. boundary that other people have told you, hey, you do this too much. Well, you that's the thing. Like, damn, if Morrison told me too, maybe they never wrong with did me. it with the other people in the first place. Oh, I thought they had and they told her. No. Or they told that person no. No. Oh, I see. Okay. It's they never did it in the first place. Got it. That was always a dynamic between us. Got it. Okay. And again, I think that's because like I said, other people would get react differently if they tried to behave that way towards them. Hmm. If that makes sense. Like, okay, so let's use your punching in the shoulder example. So they go and punch Raul. Raul hits them back even harder, but in like a joking, hey, let's, let's, we're greeting each other kind of way. They do that with Raul a couple times and Raul just keeps hitting harder. They're eventually going to stop without any words being said. But oh, you don't hit back at all. Yeah. I see what you're saying. So that's that's where those boundaries come in. Like Raul set up that boundary almost instantly without ever saying a word. And that's where I'm saying I think a lot of these boundaries, especially after a conversation I had this last week, which I'll get into in just a minute. But I think a lot of these hmm. boundaries, what I'm starting to formulate in my mind is a lot of these boundaries are inherent. Nobody ever actually says a word. You just pick it up through actions. And so the story I'm going to tell it's not necessarily clear all the time, though. No, it's not. That's, that's what's so confusing. Yeah, maybe for normal problem. people, maybe for the average person. But literally, I had a conversation this last week. A friend was telling me about another friend. It was really weird for them because that friend had told them, essentially, without getting into too much detail, the friend had been point blank, I don't have time to talk to you. I just, I don't have the time anymore. I'm doing this stuff, this, this, this stuff. I don't have the time to talk to you. I can't be at the same friendship I was before. And they were caught really uh, off guard with that. And I was, and for me, that seems like that's perfect. Like you tell me up front like that, that's perfect. Like I know there's no questions. There's no guesswork. There's no nothing. Right. Like I like just straight up blunt honesty yeah. like that. But they were telling me that caught them off guard. Like they could have just said, hey, I didn't want to meet up this week. Like, if they told me they were too busy to get coffee a couple times, I would have figured it out. Like, they didn't have to be so direct or awkward about it or anything else. And that blew my mind because I'm like, that's literally what we had talked about in the last, last it's episode. Gaslighting. It's not, though. It that's seems just, like it. If you're just like, hey, ask me for coffee 30 times, I'll ignore it, and then that means you should get it. That's, that's <laughs> gaslighting to me. No, gaslighting would be like, oh... It's just weird. It's just a weird thing to me. It's, it's, it is because I I kind of I kind of agree in the middle, where I kind of agree. It's like, hey, if you don't want this for me, just say it. Yeah, just say it. Am I gonna be emotional? 
am I going to cry in bed? Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but am I going to be emotional? Maybe. But you that's not your responsibility. To, how is he yeah. going to feel afterwards? But you, you have well, a responsibility to be like, go ahead. Right there, you were just saying earlier, like, you don't understand how nothing can be required of anybody. Maybe people do feel it like their responsibility to not make people cry. Mm. Like, But instead they hurt them the longer way? But that, that's the alternative. That wouldn't have hurt her. Like, that's the thing. This friend I'm talking to, if they had just a couple times, like, I'm too busy to get coffee, that wouldn't have hurt them. That would have caught them. That would have given, and that's what I'm saying by I think a lot of people have this subcontext. And again, anybody listening, you can tell us. I think they have this subcontext of, I get it. This person doesn't want it. Like the example with Raul. He doesn't say, no, don't punch me. He punches back harder. And they eventually get the point, don't punch me. We have to treat them like children, is what you're saying. <laughs> Why are we like aliens figuring out human interactions in our 30s and 40s? <laughs> because we didn't learn growing up. These are all things. Okay, so I tell people all the time, like, I may be a 40-year-old person, but socially, emotionally, my level of maturity is like a 20-year-old. Mm. Because I was never taught this. I was so, because of my issues we've been discussing recently, right. um, I had a lot of issues that prevented me from interacting with society appropriately. Right. Like so much so that I am actually considered disabled for it. And I basically have free medical the rest of my life because of it. And I now take pills. I now see therapists. I now do all these things that help me manage it, but I could not function properly in regular society. And so I never learned these things. I don't know about you because I don't know your whole life story. <laughs> <laughs> Am but, I crazy or do I hang out with too many crazy people? <laughs> right? <laughs> but I, I could not, I never learned these. I never understood it because nobody realized that I might need help understanding it in the first place. And I cut myself off from society so much that I never had the chances to interact, right. To learn it. So yeah, now at 40, like you said, I'm like an alien studying people, but I also think these are things that the average person has trouble with as well. Maybe just not to the degree that we have. I mean, like I said, my pastor gave a sermon series on how to make friends. Like, so I'm thinking it's, again, a normal problem people have, just not to the degree that we do. So, I don't know. But that blew my mind when they told me if they had just said no, they couldn't go to coffee, I would have understood. I would have got the message. And the fact that that would have been better to them. Like, absolutely nothing wrong with that. If that's how people communicate, that's how people that, communicate. To me, that is the wildest but, thing ever. Right? Hey, hey <laughs> they ghost me 30 times, and then I'll get the hint. What? But we literally talked about that last session. I was like, well, I mean, maybe that's what they were doing. I said something along the maybe lines of, like. that's what they're used to. Maybe. Maybe that's what they're used to. I don't know. To. Maybe that's yeah. their comfort zone. Maybe. Maybe that's just how people act. I mean, we I are. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it either. If you're listening, be the blunt person. Be I want the, the world to be the way I am. I can't tell you. <laughs> like I just can't. I can't do you right now. You go do your own thing. I'm not gonna be your friend anymore. I'll be like, okay, that sucks, but okay. Be nice to me. Don't. <laughs> <it."> 
<laughs> hug me while you say that to me. <laughs> uh, so I think we deviated a little um, about a little. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it, yeah. it was originally like, what does it mean to be a friend? And I think we're talking more about boundaries I'm, now. I'm way but... more lost now than when we first started. I don't even know if you're my friend. <laughs> It does. Um, boundaries do do play into what a friend should be. So, I guess I'll I'll try and formulate what I've learned over the last two discussions because I imagine we're forty five minutes or so right now. Uh, yeah, like, somewhere around there, like almost uh, an hour. So, basically, what I'm formulating from the last couple sessions is one. Fifty two minutes. Fifty two minutes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we we definitely. Need to work on our boundaries. I think I think both of us have an innate ability to handle more than the average person can. Um, but I still think we push that too far right? and take on way too much. So I need to work on boundaries. I think, too, I need to work on understanding subcontext. Because that apparently is how a lot of people interact with each other. That's a tough one. <laughs> That's going to be real hard for me. Three, I think I kind of have defined in my mind what friendship is. And it's definitely on a scale. It's not, there's like a level one friend, a level two, level yeah. three, yeah. etc. Um, and so like, I've also, I also think I've decided they're not inherently separate. That that person I said, she's like my sister. She is. She can come to me about anything. And I'm okay with that. We can also still be friends of virtue or pleasure or utility. I mean, I still help her out. Like you said, maybe the best friend is all of it together. Mm. Um, but I definitely think I don't want... I'm not going to be just a brother to somebody without being a friend. I'll be a friend of utility in the fact that they can come to me for help, but I'm going to limit it to that utility if that's all it is. Like I need to learn the difference there between people. So I'm not a be brother to you. Um, well, I mean, it's more like they're not my friend in the first place. I see. Okay. That's that boundary I'm setting. I'm realizing we were just talking about how we keep doing this all for somebody and, and, and we've been friends for three to five years, whatever. And now all of a sudden that person's not reciprocating at the one time we need it. I think I, at least I'm not going to speak for you, but I think I at least need to learn. Okay. Just because we've known each other for three years doesn't actually mean we're at that level of friendship, even though I've done these things for them. Because what else has there been in our friendship? Yeah. yeah. I think I need to learn that. I think that's something I really drastically need to work on. And so, I mean, it is possible to just be a brother to somebody. But I need to distinguish those. Because part of the problem is I'll be a what I think is a like a friend slash brotherly figure to somebody. But it eventually turns out that I'm just a brother. When it actually came turn for them to be friends back to me or brothers or sisters back to me, they didn't want to. And if I really think about those relationships and look back on it, I should have known that the whole time. Yeah. Their attitude, their if I'd read the subtext, which I need to get better at, I would have known it. So I think that's a big issue right there. 
Um, and I think the last thing is I also need to take a look at myself and realize when I'm being that bad friend. There's somebody I just, mm. um, so I know somebody that works at Microsoft and I, I do consider the guy a good friend. Like we don't know each other in person. I really enjoy playing games with them. I love talking with them. I love hanging out with them on online. Um, but stuff has been happening over the last four or five months or so. It probably is now. And I really haven't talked to him at all. And not because I don't want to, but just because we're never on at the same time. Like we used to play till like one, two o'clock in the morning. Cause he's on later than I am, et cetera. Or he'll get on earlier. It depends. But like, I just haven't been into, I've been rather secluded lately. So I haven't been talking to him at all. And I, I needed to reach out to him because uh, for a particular reason, which is the um, Microsoft Friends and Family Store, he gave me one of those. I think it expires after a while because it no longer works, but I still want to buy the Xbox Pass. Mm-hmm. You get it a lot cheaper that way. Right. Um, so I reached out to him saying, hey, do those expire? Like, do I need to get another one from you? Yada, yada. And when I did that, looking at the messages, I realized I really hadn't talked to this guy in like four months. You felt like, oh, I just needed something, and now I hit you up. Yeah, like, yeah. now I'm looking at it like, am I being that jerk friend? Like, he was talking with me. He used to hit me up. Like You're a huge jerk, Marcin. But then I got distant. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, I've literally been busy. I haven't been in a people mood. Right. right. And there's other friends that have, like, they haven't really talked to me for six months, and I'm perfectly cool with it. So, like, am I that type of friend, or am I being the jerk? Like, so I think I really need to take it back and reflect on myself as well. Make sure that if I do value that friendship, I'm actually making an effort in it. So those are the four things I think I picked up that I need. But I'm the perfect person. I don't need to change anything about myself. (laughs) Well, we (laughs) all know that's bullshit. I am a child of the Lord, and I don't need to. (laughs) Um I've been using the word diversify a lot lately, but I think yeah. that's what I need to do with my friends. Um, I, too, have... You have other points, right? Yeah, there was the Proverbs I was going to bring up before oh, we finish. No, well, I, ju- I, just, I just feel like um, it's kind of similar to what you just said. Um, I feel like I've put people in places where they don't belong. Yeah. Um, and I have put people that have actually poured into me in the back burner or in a place where they're lower than the other person. And I think knowing this is going to sound selfish because I guess I'm a people pleaser, but knowing that what I'm getting out of a relationship, Mm -hmm. because I'm very much, here's the thing. The people that pour into me don't ask a lot about me. And I don't seem to realize that because I'm just like, Oh, you're good. But the people that ask the most of me, I'm pouring myself into them, but I don't realize that they're not pouring back. Yeah. I just like broken people, basically. <laughs> basically, though, it's it's that's what it is. It's, we like fixing people. We like, yeah, I, I'm a fixer. Like, I love fixing people. But that's the thing is I need to realize and, and maybe reading the subcontext of the relationship, too, is what am I truly getting out of a relationship? Mm-hmm. Because... Sometimes I'm good with just the breadcrumbs, and I shouldn't Yeah. if someone other friendship is offering me steak. And we also need to remember that we need to ask that in a non-jealous or judgmental or... Well, that's my problem, yeah. I don't know what the word for it would be. But we need to look at it as more of a self-protect rather than a, hey, you're not meeting your needs. Or not, 
You need you're not meeting your end of the agreement. I just I think that, that at, I just well. think that at some point that's a tricky line because I think at some point it has to be brought up. It does. And and the the problem with that with that aspect is I let it slide thinking the person will catch it, but they don't. Mm-hmm. And when they don't, I get angry. Yeah. Because I'm like, why aren't you catching it when I catch all the stuff that you're like, mm-hmm. oh, they need this, they need that, I'll catch that. I they don't have to ask me. I'll do this for them. Mm-hmm. That way, because I know a lot of people are like. I don't like asking for help. It makes me uncomfortable. I'm like, well, with yeah. me, you don't have to because I'll <laughs> anticipate your needs. That's just the person that I am. But then when someone doesn't anticipate my needs, I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, yeah, yeah I thought we had this dynamic. You know, we literally just had a conversation about being direct with people. <laughs> Maybe I'm the problem, <laughs> Morrison. Maybe I'm the hypocrite. No, but uh. yeah, it's 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 tough because. There are some people that I, I know that I can't be direct because I think subconsciously when I am direct, I know that that relationship ends. Yeah. And yeah. I've had many friendships like that where I'm like, I need to, I, I can't say what I feel because I know the minute it does, they become that person. They're like, well, I'm uncomfortable with this. I'm out. Yeah. I hate that. But that's where I need to step in and be like, wait, what am I getting out of this relationship? Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's a very good point right there that. You don't set the boundary because you're afraid of losing the relationship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's 100%. But that's going to happen sometimes. Yeah. But but the problem that I have is I'm so afraid of losing that relationship or that friendship. But then I'm like, wait a minute. what? I need to sit down with myself and be like, wait a minute. What am I getting out of this that I'm afraid to lose? Because if I'm just afraid to lose one or two things, why am I still here? Yeah. And I was just about to ask. If you're in incapable if you are not allowed to set a boundary a healthy boundary for yourself without losing that friendship should you be in that friendship Ooh, in the first place that's a good point and i know everybody's like well no duh but hard. i can tell you this three years ago i would have said absolutely because you do things for the other person hey it's me like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah then that's literally me <laughs> like Again, that you give more than you, yeah, or yeah, you give more than you. And get my attitude. mind always, no joke. I, I, I'm not saying this just because we're on a podcast, but my mind usually goes to this is what Jesus would do. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to realize I'm like I need a little be need to be a little bit more Judas, you know? <laughs> no, I'm kidding, but I need to I need to have some boundaries because I know that I don't yeah. have boundaries. Well, um, see, that's the thing. The fact that you joke about boundaries being Judas, like that's how uncomfortable it. we are. That's that's the thing with boundaries. People take advantage of that, you know? And that's what I ask people. I'm like, look, I have a I have a giving heart. Don't take advantage, please. Uh, they take advantage. Advantage. Yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> Why would you? When I was in elementary school, I remember I had water blisters. And what does my mom do? Go and tell the teacher, hey, he's got water blisters. Don't let anybody hit him. So what does the teacher do? Him. Tell people don't don't hit his water blisters. What does everybody do? Hit your water hit the water. You can't tell people not to do something. It's well, like curb your expectations, Morrison. <laughs> not everybody <you> do. <laughs> You tell them not to do it, and they're gonna do it. That's why uh, I joke about those baby on board stickers. Like, I'm like, should you really be putting that on your car? <laughs> like, do you think anybody's behaving more appropriately driving because you got that on there, or a little bit less? Like, uh, but yeah. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Um, we're at an hour and three minutes, but are we? Yeah. Okay. Um. No, for part three next week. I'm just <laughs> no, I don't no, think I, I have think enough good, to think yeah. about that, uh, talk about that anymore. I just, I think I have to f- 
formulate those opinions, I think it's definitely if the only reason we're not setting a boundary is because we'll lose the relationship. Because I've been That's in relationships like that yeah. recently. I've been in friendships recently. Yeah. That friendship, I told you, I did set the boundary, and they said they didn't feel like they couldn't be themselves. That was one of the reasons I hadn't set the boundary was because I was afraid I was going to lose that yeah, relationship. Same. And that was a fairly recent friendship. Same. It's, I mean, we're still friends, but it was fairly recent. So, yeah, if the only reason you're not setting a boundary is because you feel it will end the relationship, whatever relationship mm. that is, that's I can say I believe now that is 100% definite sign in the relationship tell them if they can't respect it kick them to the curb like that much i can say for sure after our talk yeah yeah that's what i need to learn and then just real quick to give people some because i did think these were uh good ones um love prospers when a fault is forgiven but dwelling on it separates close friends Mm. i do think an act of a friendship is Open discussion and forgiveness. Yes. If you do not, if you hold on to something that a person has done, that will fester and corrupt the whole friendship. Ooh, that is tough. Like, yeah. So that one, again, I did search the Bible for some stuff. That one stuck out to me. Say forgiveness, those goes both ways. Both it ways does. Though. It okay. does, yeah. Okay. This okay. is implied on both sides. Okay. This is okay. not a one-sided yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. friendship. This is... Tells you the amount of relationships I've had <laughs> that are one-sided. Because <laughs> I'm just clarifying, right? It's for both of us, right? <laughs> Not just for you, Jay Hoots, for the other person, too. Well, that's what I got to learn. Uh, that was Proverbs 17.9. Um, then there's Proverbs 27.9. The heartful, heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. And I think that one's profound for being a friend. Because that's what we were just talking about. I mm-hmm. want people to be honest with me. Yeah. I want them to tell me their real opinions. I right. don't want any sugar coating. I don't want any. Now, again, there's well, tactful. Because you're diabetic, so you don't want sugar coating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's tactful. I mean, there are certain yeah. times I'll wait a couple days to tell you something. Yeah. Um, because just because I know that day it will not be received it's well. Lying, Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah, I it's it. it would do no good to anybody. To give you the information when it would not be received well. That's a tough one for me. I need it to is. learn how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, I think that is a core of a friendship. Another one I think, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. There you go. So that's the strongest friendships. That's what we have. That's like brotherhood, like that girl I said I consider a sister and right. a friend. Like... We have gotten to a point where if one of us needs each other, we will be there. Right. Like, that's not just a Christian thing anymore. It is truly out of a bond, I guess you would say. So it should be, yeah. That's the highest level of friendship. Um, Which also leads to the Proverbs 18.24. There are friends who destroy each other, but if real friends sticks closer than a brother. And that comes back to that point where I was saying, if if setting a boundary will destroy your friendship then you're just friends that are just destroying each other that kind of leads in like that's Damn. what i wrap that back into yeah, was, yeah, yeah. when it says the way i read there are friends who destroy each other it means that friends that are so not someone that's using you because that should be obvious i mean we're still learning wow. that but that should be obvious yeah. <laughs> but there are people that i've seen it i've had some friendship with me where it's been that way 
that they're, for lack of a better word, toxic for each other. They both have traits that get on each other's nerves and causes fights. It causes a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, you're still friends. We're friends, but we're destroying each other. So when I heard that phrase, that's what I heard. But what an actual friend should be, a real friend, if I'm coming to you and I'm telling you something's making me uncomfortable or we're having an issue with each other, we work it out. We don't simply just throw each other that's, away. Thank you. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, but again, that's a real friend. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> and again, real. As I've decided here, there are levels of friendship. Yeah. There's a certain level of friendship where maybe you don't, you can't go to them with their problems. If you yes. guys are actually having problems, then you just let that friendship slide. I'm learning that. <laughs> so I, I, again, I don't know, but that's what I'm thinking after this whole yeah. conversation with the two of us. And we're an hour and ten minutes now, but did you want to add anything else? No, just okay. got a lot of boundaries to work on and, you right. know, slowly well, but surely. We definitely had the ramblings part. Um, I did want to tie tacked on the verses at the end. <laughs> just to keep the Bible part uh, in there. Well, but yeah, no. Um, I would love to hear what people think. I do think this has been our most raw and heartfelt yeah, conversation. Yeah. Especially with stuff um, that we've been going through. Yeah, so I think I would love to hear what any of y'all think. If you want comments or talk to us later, whatever, just let us know and we'd be happy to hear it. So, y'all have fun. See y'all next week.